Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory completes his life-changing series entitled Grace-Filled Generosity. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. Well, let's get into this today. We're going to wrap up Grace-Filled Generosity. This is our fifth week, and of course, we've said a lot, so I'm just going to do a quick review. Of course, we went through all of the tithing statistics and everything that came along with that. Of course, we talked about uh, tithing uh, as it related to before the law, during the law, and then after the law. And of course, information had been shared with the body of Christ that that was no longer something the church uh, had to do today. And when I actually listened to it, I understood where the person was coming from. If you look at the book of Acts, uh, where the person was coming from, the word is not used. If you look at the New Testament, it's only used one time in the New Testament. The challenge with that argument is that the one time that it's used in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 7, it really deals with tithing before the law during the law, and then after the law. So the challenge would be we would be, in that case, doing away with something that God himself didn't do away with. And so we said other things. We know that the most, uh, the wealthiest people in the world are the most generous people in the world. The Warren Buffets, the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's, uh, Bill Gates, all of those are the most generous people in the world. So it's not... Uh, Ah, uh, that they're also the most successful. Let's read our foundation text in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, and it says, you do well, the Passion Translation says, you do well. Man, I would love to have someone say this about me. You do well and you excel in every respect and unstoppable faith. So they were increasing and excelling in their faith and powerful preaching. The preachers were growing in their ability to deliver the word of God. Revelation knowledge, the more they studied, the more God revealed to them. And they're increasing in that. And their passionate devotion. These are people that are devoted to God, spend time with God on a daily basis through prayer and time in the word and sharing the love we have shown to you. So their love walk was excelling and it was increasing. But then Paul said there's one area though. So make sure that you excel in grace-filled generosity. And we've been talking about it for the last uh, four weeks. And, of course, as I uh, stated uh, earlier, we looked at it letter A, before the law, letter B, during the law, uh, letter C, we looked at the book of Acts, the start of the church. Uh, we see three words there as a reminder in the book of Acts. We see alms, we see generosity, and we see offerings. And so a lot of times when you see the word alms in the Scripture, it's specifically referring to giving to the poor. But Paul in 2 Corinthians kind of uses it interchangeably because he talks about giving. But anytime it's specifically to the poor, it can also be termed as alms. We also looked at uh, letter D, the New Testament, uh, letter E, uh, that God didn't do away with, it, with the old. He simply made it better. Uh, and in letter E, we had left off talking about in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 8, which was really something I want to make sure that we all understand. That we, Jesus obtained a more excellent ministry. And so what makes it more excellent is it has to be better than where uh, the church came from or the Old Testament. And part of what makes it better is he put that old into the new. And he just gives us the same opportunities, but on a grander scale. And then letter AFF, uh, grace-filled generosity. And we know that that falls under three main categories, the grace of God, 
So in other words, when I've received grace, it's natural for me to want to give grace. And we've all experienced that. How many of y'all have ever been to Starbucks and, and you got up to pay for your drink and, and then somebody had paid for it for you? Has that ever happened to anyone here in the room? How did that make you feel? All right, what did it naturally make you want to do? Somebody said, just drive off and say thank you. No, it, you immediately say what? How, how much is the, right now, now what if they ordered $30 worth of stuff behind you? Would you say, well, that, he ain't speaking to me about that one right there, right? What the natural process is, is when someone's been good to us, we naturally want to be good to someone else, right? And that's why I uh, grace-filled generosity is, is steeped in that because as believers, how many know we should be so appreciative for all that God has done for us? Come on, has God healed anybody's body in here? Has God provided for anyone in this room, right? And we can go on and on and on and on. And so giving comes out of what we believe he's done for us. All right, and then there are 10 basic principles uh, under that, all found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9, where this word grace is used, man, on 10 separate occasions, right? Number one was generosity, again, as an expression of God's grace. Number two, giving is listed with the char uh, charisma or charismata, uh, gifts of the Spirit. Number three. Uh, the finished work of the cross should inspire our giving, right? When we look at the fact that he died so that we could live forever and be well and healthy and whole, he became poor so that we could be rich, there should be a natural response that comes out of that. Number four, give according to your ability. God is always looking for equality. He didn't say tithe according to your ability because that's established. But whatever we give above and beyond that, it should be according to our ability. And that's different for the different levels that people are in life. And then number five, again, the goal is equality. Number six, uh, is all giving must be carefully supervised. And so, again, I want to remind you all, never be a part of a church that's not accountable. Amen. Never do that, right? If they collect funds for a designated purpose and they don't use it for that or it just goes away, you are in the wrong environment, right? Pastors can't come in, sell the building, and do whatever they want to do with it and tell you you're on your own. Amen. If you've ever seen that before, that was wrong. All right, and, and so if pastors tell you it's none of your business, then you tell them, well, then I'm none of your business. Okay? Just being honest with you, all right? And then number seven, uh, motivated by others. And so our giving can inspire others to give. Paul was using the northern churches to inspire the southern churches. And then uh, number eight, focus on the harvest. And there were two harvest principles, again, I want to remind us of. We always reap more than we sow. And so what stops people from giving is because they look at their limitations, right? And they say, well, I only have. Right? And so they, they respond based off of that instead of seeing what God has and what he can bring back to you in return. So we want to look less at what's going and more at what's coming. Somebody is a truckload coming because you've just been that generous. And remember, generosity is not always money. Sometimes it's your time. Hello, somebody, right? A listening ear. 
but the principle is the same, right? So I want to make sure everybody understands. So focus on that. Don't focus on what I don't have. Focus on what this is going to create for me. Focus more on the harvest. So we always reap more than we sow. But then we reap for a double pur purpose of uh, putting you in remembrance, right? And so that double uh, purpose is bread for our food. So every time I give, how many of y'all know that keeps me eating? Right? And so now watch this. This will be revelation for somebody. How many of you eat at the level that you give? I forgot the restaurant again. What's the restaurant? So if, you, so if you're eating at a crystal's level, how many of you know I'm probably giving at a crystal's level? But if I'm eating at Rays on the River, how many of you know my giving is probably at a Rays on the River's level, right? And what we're learning most of the time when you're a sower, you don't even end up paying for those meals. I can't tell you how many times we've been in restaurants and don't even know other people are in there. We go to ask for the bill, and the people, the waitress tell us somebody else already paid for it, and they gave the tip. Wow. Am I right or wrong, babe? Happens all the time. So, so all I'm telling you is your, your eating is a result of your giving. Amen. Everybody clear? But he's not done there. So it's, it's bread for your food, but then this part just really, it's like, man, this, something about this is just so too good to be true. So it's bread for your food. That's immediate consumption, but then also seed for sowing that will meet your future needs. So when the person has really committed their heart to being a giver, how I many know God is always going to give you seed to sow? which is going to always take care of your immediate and your future needs, okay? Now, let's pick up with number nine today. Number nine, I really want you to listen from your spirits because some of the message today is vision casting for where Linked Up Church is going. So let's look at number nine, the significance of our giving. Now, we left off at verse 12. Let's pick up at verse 13. Let's look at the significance of our giving. Verse 13, the New King James Version says, while through the proof of this ministry, watch this, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. So, so this ministry had been proved by this church's obedience to actually carry through and deliver the gift that they had promised. So Paul says, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So as the body of Christ over the years, sometimes our confession has not lined up with our obedience. Right? And this has been a turnoff to the world, and it has made us less attractive because we've actually confessed things that we have not lived. Churches have made promises and then did not deliver and come through. Right? We've confessed to people that we are Christians and we, we live upright, and then they see us live something different. How many know that takes away from our ability to really effectively minister to them? Right? But in this case, the confession is actually lining up with the obedience, and as a result, it's causing many people to give thanksgiving to God and to glorify God. So there are two points under here, letter A and letter B. Your giving always symbolizes your confession of the gospel of Christ. It testifies to yourself and to anyone witnessing that you believe Jesus Christ is still on the throne. You remember in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, it says, Here men that die receives tithes. 
but there he receives them. So even though we give on earth, how many know it's being received in heaven? Right, and the rest of that verse goes on to say, of whom it is witness that Jesus Christ is still alive. Folks, every time we give, we are witnessing and testifying to the world that we believe God is who he said he is, that Jesus Christ is still on the throne, and he still supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And that's why when you give, you need to testify. If you've ever seen somebody say, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that for me. Oh, yes, 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 I do. I'm actually going to get more out of this in receiving than I'm actually giving to you uh, in this gift, right? And, and you got to be on the front end and be able to tell them, now, now you think this big what I did for you? Watch what God's getting ready to do for me as a result of what I did for you. And when you put God out there like that, how many of you know he'll come through every single time, right? Let's just say God uh, uh, encourages you to give someone a car, right? Now, now how many of you know, and when you pull up in yours, they're going to see the difference, and be like, well, they gave me that one, but look at what God blessed them with. And that's just the way God works, folks. And he can do that in all kind of different areas, okay? Let's keep reading. So this is important, right? Because Linked Up Church is going to confess that we're going to do a lot of things. And our obedience needs to match that. We're getting ready to win a whole community. I'm talking about... A whole city where not one person can say, I have never heard of Jesus. Letter B, Paul was attempting to promote solidarity between Jews and Gentiles in the body of Christ. And, and if you study Scripture, you know this is what's called the great mystery of the gospel, this relationship between Jews and Gentiles. And what Paul is trying to do is bring solidarity. And let's look at it a little further as to how he was trying to do it. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9, right? So the great mystery of the gospel is that Jews and Gentiles were now heirs of the same promise. And the Jews had a problem with the Gentiles because the Jews thought the Gentiles, which is, that's us. Everybody say, that's me. Right? And so, so they were God's chosen children. We were engrafted in. Somebody ought to thank God, right, for that. But when we were engrafted in, we were engrafted into all of the same rights and privileges that they have. Every opportunity that was afforded them is afforded to us. So let's read. Paul is explaining this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Same promises that he promised them. Apply to us. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner, verse 1, of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. And the grace of God that was given to Paul for them was that they had all of the same rights and privileges as the Jews, and every promise that belonged to the Jews belonged to them also. Verse 3, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. That's the one I'm describing, as I briefly have written already. Verse 4, by which when you read, uh, you, or when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of, the, of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Look at verse 6. 
that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, me too, to me by the effective working of his power to me who am less than the least of all of the saints, that is Joel Gregory, he is the less of and the least of all the saints was this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, again, we want to spiritualize this, but Paul is telling them the unsearchable riches. That word riches there literally means wealth and abundance. And so he's telling them that it is beyond comprehension. It is beyond finding out how wealthy and how much abundance is in Christ Jesus. And, folks, he made all of that available to us. Maybe not you all. And, folks, he made all of that available to us. Now, this might help you. The Jews understood that. And if you understand Jewish culture in America, they're about 2% of the population at one point owned 90% of the wealth. Now it's spread out a little more. I think my wife sent me something. It's about 35% of the wealth now, 40% of the wealth now. I mean, that's still a whole lot of it, right? And so how did they do that, right? Following God. Believing the promises that were spoken to them. That everywhere that they foot would tread, that God would give them that lead that they would be the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath, that they would lend and not borrow. Come on, somebody. That's why they own the banking system, right? I got news for you. They don't charge each other interest, but they charge you interest. And they're not wrong. They take care of their own. And guess what the body of Christ needs to do? Take care of our own. See, now, don't hear any of this the wrong way. Open up a business, and you'll never see one of them grace your doors and spend a penny ever because it's a violation of their covenant that they found in the Bible. But what we do is we get our paycheck. And we go build their kingdoms that suppress us. So, so, so why is God raising up Joel Gregory? So I'm, not, I'm no longer afraid to tell you or just be bold. Why did God raise up Joel Gregory? For this moment right here. To teach the body of Christ to only spend its resources within its community. So the same dollar continues to circulate. It comes into the temple and goes out to the people, right, where we create a, a directory, right, and we put some kind of symbol in there so you know it's us, right, and if we need a service, we will not spend money outside of our community. So that money just keeps circulating. I want you to listen to me. Houses are no longer affordable. And that's on purpose. But we don't have to play their game. We can buy our own land. 
build our own houses. Come on, somebody. And, and we can create whole neighborhoods with affordable housing. So y'all not ready for this. Come on, I feel like I'm making the devil mad in here. Come on, can we just give God a real good hallelujah in this place? So we're spending all of our time trying to go to other people who are not interested in helping us. I'm not talking color here. I'm talking Christianity. And until we understand this, we will never be the head. We will always be the tail. And I'm getting ready to tell you why. Because the borrower is the, borrower is the slave to the lender. So as long as they're doing the lending and we're doing the borrowing, we, they, see, see, you don't just work for your job. You also work for Ford Motor Credit. You work for GMAC Credit. You work for Visa. You work for MasterCard. You work for, hello, somebody. Every time you get your check, you pay everybody else and leave God last. See, and they tell you what to do. You, can't, you don't have a choice to get. You have to go to work because you owe them. It's not your choice anymore. See, see it's modern-day slavery. They just let you feel free. Uh, uh, I'm about to slide out that side door, man. I feel like, boy, I feel like y'all getting ready to come at me, man. Y'all still love me out there? Come on, come on. Is God still good? All right. So, so, so I'm telling you, you need to race to get out of debt like your life depends on I promise you, don't nobody care what kind of car you drive. Sell it and get one you can pay cash for. I promise you, don't nobody care what house you live in. Oh, I live off of uh, the, I live off of over there, off of on the off the belt on the beltway. Man, if you owe more, if you owe, if you pay six hundred for it and you owe five hundred and eighty-nine, sell it. And buy something you can afford. Take the proceeds, pay cash, and work your way up. You're taking 50, 60% of your income to pay a car note, you are going out the world backwards. But you look good. I will give you that. You look good. Oh, you rolling now. Come on now. You, come on. You're you hitting it when you turn them corners. But that's not the smartest thing in the world to do. You all still glad you came to church today? This is where we're going, folks. We got to create our own community. That's why God would send us to a city with the most land undeveloped in all of West Cobb. So we can develop it. And take care of our people. I don't know about you. We need nursing homes for our elderly. See, y'all ain't ready for this. See, see, I'm talking about building a church and a community that's no longer dependent on the government. Amen. 
I'm serious about this. I'm so serious about this. You all want to hear a little bit more of this? So he elaborated a little bit more in Romans chapter 15, right? And in Romans chapter 15, this is the actual gift that we've been reading about in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's look at Romans 15, verse 25 through 28, New King James Version. Paul says here, but now I am going to Jerusalem to minister to the saints. For it pleased those from Macedonia and Achaia, which is the two churches, two cities we've been talking about in Greece, to make a certain contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. Now, again, you, you got to study this to understand. So he's using Gentiles to take a gift to the poor saints who are in Jerusalem. So he's using Gentiles to bless Jews, which you have to remember, Jews look down on Gentiles. So the way Paul sees is the best strategy to win the Jews is by helping them, not sending tracts, witness cards. Uh, we call them tracts. What are they called today? Uh, they don't do that anymore. I still, people still, John 3, 16, had me these cards and stuff. I go places like that. So, so, so they see, Paul sees the best way to bring solidarity is by helping people. See, you want to unite all the churches in Powder Springs? Then help them. See, let me tell you something I have not liked about the body of Christ. One group thinks because they pray in tongues, you better than everybody else. Wrong. Especially if you don't walk in love. Right? So, so we let these denominational badges separate us like dog chains on Sunday morning. Most segregated hour on Sunday is at 11 a.m. Where whites go to their churches, blacks go to their churches, Hispanics go to their churches, right? And all of that's in one city, in Powder Springs. But what if we decided to help all the other churches, right? And then say, let's all have one service together. Because here's the reality. If you want academics, go to the Baptist. That's where you're going to get curriculum and academics, right? Every denomination has its strengths, right? And no one denomination has it all. But what happens when we all get together, you get the full expression of the body of Christ. You all see that? So imagine if we all decided on a Sunday we're going to rent a facility that's large enough, maybe an amphitheater or something like that, and seat six, 7,000 people, and we all have church as one community. And then let each pastor speak for about seven minutes each. Amen. Do you know how much good that will do for the body of Christ? Okay. So Paul saw the way to bring solidarity was through gift giving and helping those who were in need. So watch this now. Let's keep reading. Contribution for the poor among the saints who are in Jerusalem. Verse 27. And it pleased them indeed, and they were... Uh, they're debtors, right? Now, what does that mean? Let's keep reading. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, right, they've been engrafted in, same promises, same inheritance, their duty is also to minister to them 
in material things. So Paul is teaching the Gentiles that you would not have been engrafted in if it was not for the Jewish people because Jesus came through that lineage. Right? And so it culminated in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Paul's teaching them that's how you got in. And so to show your appreciation for what was done for you, let's give back and help the poor Jews who are in Jerusalem. Okay, let's keep reading. For if the Gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things, then their duty is also to minister to them in material things. Therefore, when I have performed this and have sealed to them this fruit, I shall go by way of you to Spain. So let me just recap here. So Paul wrote that the Gentile churches of Greece were pleased to make a contribution to the impoverished Christians in Judea. Folks, that's the right heart. Whenever we are going to be a blessing somewhere, how I many know oh, we should be pleased to do that? It should not be a burden. We shouldn't, we shouldn't go, oh, man. Folks, we should be pleased to help other people. Because when you can help other people, that means somebody else has helped you. I know you think you're awesome, but you didn't get where you are by yourself. Come on, there was a grandmother praying for you, a mother praying for you. Come on, somebody paying for you to go to school, somebody helping you along the way. You got there because somebody helped you. And it should be all of our hearts to give back and help somebody else. And so Paul here is helping them understand that, and it was pleasing them to do it. Another place they were pleased to do it, he repeated that. Indeed, they owe it to them. So he's telling them the Gentiles owe it to the Jews. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, again, culminating in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, then they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. And it was a striking and symbolic show of unity and fellowship in the body of Christ. Folks, this is the vision and direction that God is leading Linked Up Church in. The way to win a community is by helping the community. The world no longer cares about what kind of house the pastor lives in, his private jet that he flies in. Come on, somebody. See, they will fly over your house, your jet, all of that, and then look at your community and see, well, what are you doing to help the poor people that live right next door to your church building? And you couldn't have taken some of that to help the community that God has called you to be in? What kind of program? You, you all understand where I'm going with that? And so this is what it's all about. You don't get a street, and I believe this might happen one day. James Hardy Parkway may turn into Linked Up Parkway. But it won't be because of a great message that was preached in the church. It will be because of the noise that's going on in that community about how much that church has helped that community. And I'm talking about getting to a place where our confession matches our obedience, right? Right? Because people will hear about that. It'll be talked about, right? And so I believe it'll get all the way up to the ears of powerful people. And they'll begin to call us and say, hey, we heard about your efforts and you want to help people who are homeless and people that are less privileged, right? Well, we've got this 50,000 square foot building over here. We're not doing much with it. 
we might want to give it to you all. As long as you're going to do with it what you confessed. Y'all ain't ready for this. Maybe there may be some people in powerful places who have access to to housing uh, information that we don't have access to. And they heard about our confession. And say, we, we understand you're trying to help uh, build houses for, uh, for less fortunate people and, and, and affordable housing, right? Well, we've got about 50 houses on our books. And, Pastor, if you're promising me you're going to fix them up and make these communities better and put people in them that can afford them, we want to help you get them. See, y'all, I can tell. I can tell. I'm, I'm, see, I'm the only one dreaming real big in here. Come on, I'm the only one thinking real big in here. Right? Uh, folks, this is what this church is called to do. And we're going to do it at a high level. Come on. I'm, I'm talking about grace-filled generosity at a real high level. Okay? You all want a little bit more of this before I let you go today? Are you getting anything out of it so far? Okay, let's look at number 10, and we'll come on down the home stretch. Our giving causes thanksgiving to God. Our giving causes thanksgiving to God. Look at verse uh, 11 here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. While you are enriched, now again, let's not spiritualize that word. That word enriched, and he's talking about those that are generous and those that sow. That word enriched means made wealthy or rich. So God is interested in making you wealthy and he's interested in making you rich. But it may not be for the reasons that you think, right? A lot of times we want it so that we can drive the Lambo. We can drive the Bugatti. We can say that we live in the gated community off of the water with the jet skis in the back and the boat out on Lake Lanier. We balling. We ball till we fall. Whatever, whatever people say. But that will never be God's reason for making you wealthy, ever. And it's right here in the book. So while you are enriched, watch this. You're made wealthy and rich in everything. Watch this. Why? For all liberality, for all generosity. See, God will make you rich. He'll make you wealthy because he knows you're going to be generous with it. See, there's never an issue with God of what he can do for you. It's always an issue with you of can he get anything through you, right? And there are two C's. I meant to get the images again. There are two C's in Israel. One is called the Dead Sea. One is called the Sea of Galilee. Two different C's, but very pivotal. The Sea of Galilee, when we went on our trip there, is beautiful. Man, fish like this big in that sea. We were, they were water baptizing people in there, all kind of plant, vegetation life, all kind of stuff was happening in the Sea of Galilee. People were out there fishing. The reason that sea is so vibrant and alive is because that one body of water receives water from the ocean and then feeds water to other lakes. The Dead Sea receives no water in and gives no water out. It receives water in and gives no water out. So it's dead. And it's black. Like a gook. 
and people were diving in it and, and putting it on like paste and thought it had these healing properties in it. I looked at them. They're like, you diving in? I said, no, you go ahead, brother. I'm good. All the healing properties I need are in Jesus. Come on, somebody. I don't need to dive in there to get extra. It's all in Jesus. That stuff didn't look right to me, right? So I, but, but everybody else didn't put it all over every inch of their body. I said, you go ahead, man. My faith is in. I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. Faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't fail. He won't fail. Man, you know what? I better keep working on that. God doing something right there. I better keep developing that right there. Kirk Franklin, right? I just need to be able to start the song and talk us through it. I don't need to be able to sing it. I just need to be able to talk us through it. All right? And so, so we don't want to be a dead sea. We want to be the sea of Galilee, right, where we receive it in and we give it out, right? So if you just understand the principle of giving and receiving, you first have to receive before you can give. Okay? Now, so while you were enriched, made wealthy in everything, why? For all generosity and liberality, watch this, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So, so they're saying your liberality and generosity has caused us to give thanks to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but is also abounding through many thanksgiving to God. So while meeting the needs of the saints... Notice it's causing much thanksgiving to go back to God. While through the proof of this ministry, because ministry should be proved, if we're up making these confessions, how many know we need to deliver? Or we're just, we're just talking. Right? If you don't start seeing this stuff coming, then we're just talking. But I'm telling you, some of this will start coming as soon as 2024. That's why this building is on the market right now, so we can do more. This building is not on the market because we're in trouble. This building is on the market because we're getting ready to go to the next level. Come on, anybody ready to go? Come on, I said anybody ready to go? That's what's getting ready to happen, right? Let's keep going here. Watch this. So, so abound in many things. Verse 13, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. So notice when you do what you say you're going to do, it causes the people who benefit from it to glorify God and give God thanksgiving, which should be the motive for all giving is so that God gives the glory and all thanksgiving goes to him. Then verse 14, for your liberal sharing with them and all men, verse 14, and by their prayer for you. So, so what will happen is an entire community will turn around and pray for Linked Up Church. And, and folks, that's what we want. While we take our material things and be a blessing, I mean, the greatest gift they can give back to us is their prayers. But you know what they'll be praying? 
Give them more, God. Bless them more, God. Help them help more people, God. And then eventually they'll become the people who help other people. And then it never stops. Now we've won Powder Springs. Let's move on to Mableton. And Austell. Come on, I'm speaking bigger than you all. And Hiram. One city at a time. All the way to the point where, where D, they can go to hell, but they can't get through, get there through West Cobb. We change all the signage. All roads through here lead right to heaven. We buy all the billboards. Come all roads through here lead to heaven. Stop by 4331 Brownsville Road to hear all about it. Come on, somebody. Somebody help me dream big today. Okay? All right, let's bring it on home. So, their exceeding prayer for you, watch this, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. How did they know the exceeding grace of God was in them? How? By their generosity. So, the people acknowledged that the grace of God was in those people because of their generosity. You know how many people tell me they have a revelation of grace? And they're some of the tightest, stingiest people I ever met and been around in my life. You cannot have a revelation about grace and not be generous. Amen. And then look at this last verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You know what indescribable means? There are not words to describe the gift that he gave those people. I'm about to lift this place right now. God is going to use us to give indescribable gifts to other people. Right? But if you've been listening to anything I've been saying the last five weeks, that means we will give gifts that people will look at it and go. Like it's a show I used to love watching. They would say, move that bus. And the people would just fall on the ground, just, just fall out on the ground. I'm talking about gifts that were so, there were no words. They would lose their breath. Now, if you've been listening to anything that I've been saying, if we give gifts that are indescribable, that means we're going to receive gifts where we will have to say, no one could have done something like that for us but God. It was not possible for any of that to happen the way that that happened unless God got involved in that. There's just no words. I can't even explain to you how we ended up where we are because God did it. And he did it in a way that does not make sense to us. We just know that we got here. And if that's what's on the church, then you better get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about if you sold, let me build your faith. If you sold into the indescribable gift, then you positioned yourself to receive indescribable gifts where somebody will one day walk up to you, and you've never had that happen to you before. Someone will walk up to you one day and do something for you that will you'll lose your breath and take your breath away from you. How many of y'all ready to win a city? So, come on, how many of y'all ready to win a city? All right? 
Music department, come on and prepare yourselves. I just want to sing something that wraps this message up. So letter A there, the ultimate result of all of our giving should increase thanksgiving and praise to God. You'll find generous people are praisers. Generous people are grateful people. Generous people are people who have thanksgiving in their heart and on their lips. They will never miss an opportunity to give God praise and give him thanks. So much so in those, in those four verses that we read, verse 11, Paul said, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. In verse 12, he says, this service that you perform is overwhelming in many expressions and thanks to God. Verse 13, he says, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity. And then in verse 15, he says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to ask the music department to just lead us in something that fits right here. And we're going to end this message on this note. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like there should be more excitement in the room. It should be. should be. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be more people excited about God sending you resources because he knows he can give it through you. Anybody believe in God for some good things in this season? Come on, if you're believing for it, prophesy with your body. Pull those good things in. Come on, pull them. Come on, pull them in. You can actually begin putting your words on it. What are you expecting from the Lord? What? It, come on, y'all are standing around something right here. I need you up here. Because there are big things that God is going to send through us. There are big things that God is sending to us. Hallelujah. Now somebody put a praise while you're pulling. Don't stop pulling. Put your praise in the atmosphere. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah. See, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. No matter what I see or how I feel. As long as I'm breathing, boy, yes, I'm breathing. I'll bless the Lord. As long as I'm breathing. Oh, yes, I'm breathing. I'll bless the Oh, magnify. Magnify the Lord. Come on, y'all. Let us exalt his name. Together. Let's lay down our crown. And lift up. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. I need y'all to believe like God is doing something amazing. Let's do it. This is the season we've been praying for. Let's do it together. All right, y'all. Here we go. So you've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. That's all right. We'll get it together. Let's say you've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. Come on, you gotta say it and believe it. Say you've been better than good. You've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. Everybody, let's sing it again. You've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. Yes, Lord, you've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. Yes, Lord. 
receive it so I can give it back out. Somebody praise and say, you've been better than good. 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 You've been better than good to me. You've been better than good to me. Every time I turn around, every time I turn around, every time I turn around, you can't stand still. Every time I turn around, there's another door open. There's another way made. There's another investor. Every time I turn around, you've been better than good. You've been better than good to me. You've been better than good. You've been better than good.
for the devil is defeated and we are blessed. Folks, and I know for a lot of you all, this is new to your ears because church hasn't been done this way. So I get it. And I know it's like you're looking at it and it's like a, you know, you change your dog's food and how many know he'll just look at it? Like, that's not what I'm used to eating, right? And so I get that, folks. But everything I'm showing you is in the Bible. I haven't said or, 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 or told you anything that I have not supported from the Word of God. The challenge is the church and the pulpit has used the church for its own personal benefit. And that was never the way God intended. The pulpit was supposed to be used to serve the people. Right? right? And I don't know how we missed that because the words of our Lord Jesus Christ says this. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So believe it or not, the leader should be the most self-sacrificing and put himself last for the benefit of the people. Now, if he understands the Bible, he's never going to come in last if he keeps God first and he serves the people. I mean, God's going to always bring him up. But the problem is they did it for themselves first. And the end result of that is this churches suffered, people suffered, buildings were lost. A lot of the things that we accumulated was lost because the motives got off. Okay? God is good. Somebody say, God is good to me. Somebody say, and God is good to me all the time. Now, go ahead and give God one more praise like you believe that. Okay. So, let's close for today. So, in my conclusion here, what an awesome privilege we have to help others give thanks and glory to God. What a privilege we have to help people give thanks and glory to God. It's a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. So God receiving the glory should always be our highest goal in giving. And so I just want to challenge everyone after hearing this message to purpose within your heart that you personally will excel in the grace and grace-filled generosity. You can't excel in tithing because that's set. But you can excel and you can grow and you can increase in your generosity, whether you're giving to God, you're giving a tip, you're giving to people, you're giving birthday gifts, wedding gifts, anniversary, whatever you're giving, do it from a generous place. Okay. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and 
he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.